As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Hey, welcome to Home Group. This is Friday, and we have had quite a week looking at the book of Jude, and it's me and Joel. Hey, Joel. Hey, Dad. We actually, we've been all over the place. We've been in Genesis and 2 Peter and Jude. We, I've really enjoyed this. I've had a good time, and you know, it's unfortunate that most people have never even read the book of Jude. They think it's not important because it's 25 verses. It is really an important book, especially if you know somebody that's in trouble and you don't know what to do to help get them out of trouble. The book of Jude really gives us instruction. And we've seen that in the previous two home groups. It's really been good, Joel. Absolutely. But my friends, if you guys need prayer, call us. We believe in the power of prayer. And together, we'll believe for God to do a miracle in your life. We will. That's right. And we're offering you this series right now called How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith. The subtitle says, Praying in the Spirit, Building Your Faith, and Becoming an Instrument in the Hands of God. And we're going to wrap it up today. And today's going to be so encouraging. And this comes with the study guide. You know I love my study guides because I'm a writer. I put a lot of work into these study guides. And not just me, Joel, we have a whole team that takes it from me, perfects it, really, really try to make it as good as we can. And right now, it is absolutely free. All you have to do is download it. And you know why I started doing the study guides? I do. Because the charismatic Word of Faith movement doesn't have quarterlies. I grew up in the Baptist church. We had quarterlies. We had Sunday school lessons. Really taught us the Bible. I thought, you know what? We need to take all this material and put it into print like a study guide so people can use it in their personal study to disciple somebody for home group, for Sunday school. It is absolutely perfect for that. In fact, there's a Methodist church that goes through all of my series. They buy the whole thing. They get all the study guides, and it is what they study on Wednesday nights as a church. Many churches do. Many They have little home groups, and, you know, when you lead a home group, what are you talking about? And so they just love these study guides. They like to go through and just really take their time to study what the Bible says. One of these days, I want to show up on a Wednesday night and just sit there and be among them. It'll be so much fun. Actually, I went to that study group, and I, I called you, by video. You did. And you got to say hello to I got everybody. to wave at them all. They were so blessed. They didn't know I was going to come. And they were just so excited. Joel, thank you for doing that. Yeah, Aunt Rhonda told me about it. Joel, what about that book? Um, the this last day this week last, we're offering it. Last Day Survival Guide. And we are living in the last days. We're offering this book on our TV program, and we want to tell you about it because you're our home group. And it, it, this book really talks about what are the last days, what are the signs of the last days. Um, and how do you prepare for what we're going through, what we will be going through. And there's another book. It's called Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes. That's that was, that, they're kind of twin books. They really are. And that book is almost prophetic. It well, talks. It is prophetic. It is prophetic. Because what Jesus talked about was prophetic. It was. And that's what we talk about in these books. And, Dad, you did an exceptional job. Well, Joel, thank you. You know, God's, God told me in 1978, write, 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 and I'll bless what you write. So I know my part is to write. His part is to bless. And to the best of my ability, I'm doing my part, and God is faithful to do His part. And something else I'm writing is called the RIV, which is the Renner Interpretive Version of the New Testament. It is not a word-by-word translation. I could do that, but other people have done that. This is an interpretive version, which is taking the concepts in the Greek language, pulling it into the English text so that you get a broader comprehension 
of what's really being said. And that's what we're going to begin with tonight in Jude verse 22 and 23, which we already covered in previous programs, but we're going to just start there, then quickly move on. The King James Version very simply says, And if some have compassion, making a difference. Well, Joel, that is such a great example of a verse that needs to be more fully interpreted because it just misses the point. The RIV says, And for some it is essential that you be moved with compassion that does more than simply feel sorry about their plight. You must let compassion move you to take action. That's the Greek word elias. To do whatever you can to make a difference for those that are uncertain, doubtful, and even vacillating back and forth in their faith. That's a big difference from the King James Version. But that's really what it means. Verse 23, King James says, Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. What does that mean? Save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. What garment? What does it mean spotted by the flesh? Here's the RIV. And indeed, there are some in such serious condition that there's no choice but for you to urgently swing into action to deliver rescue and save them. You should be so alarmed by their condition that you're willing to do whatever is necessary to snatch them out of the fire, detesting and hating the contamination that has so deeply defiled them. They're so ill-affected by the flesh that they are regretfully like a garment sullied through every layer of clothes all the way to the undergarments. And we saw in the last program, the last home group, the one way we see them delivered is by entering into prayer on their behalf. Amen. It's very powerful. I was thinking about that. Abraham saved his, saved his nephew, nephew, but he didn't do anything. He prayed. He interceded for his brother, for his nephew, I'm sorry. That's what he did. He didn't go to Sodom and Gomorrah and pull him out and convince him against his will to leave that city. He talked to God. He prayed. And I think that's a very strong example of what we can do. We can pray. If believers don't pray, who is going to pray? Mm. We are very powerful in our prayers. Well, up until verse 24, he's been talking about what we need to do to deliver others. But then when you come to verse 24, we find out that if you are intent on walking with God and sticking with your faith, here's what God will do for you. Here is God's promise to you. Now unto him that is able to keep you you. Now he's talking to me. He's talking to you. Now into him that's able to keep you from falling. Falling how? Falling away from your faith. That's the context. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Well, let's take this verse to pieces because it's so wonderful. First of all, he says, now to him that is able, the Greek word dunamai, it pictures one that is able, capable, powerful, sufficient. He is all sufficient to take care of me and to take care of you. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling. And the word keep is not the word tereo, which Jude has used throughout the epistle. Now it's the word philoso. And the word philoso was used to describe the guarding and protecting of a thing, like guarding a house, guarding property, guarding possessions. It denotes the alert alertness and sleeplessness of the person who is on guard, which means Jesus is sleepless when it comes to watching over you. You are his house. He lives in you. You are his property. He is not going to fall asleep on the job. He is intending to keep you and to watch over you like a garrison, like a guard. And he's going to keep you from falling. 
and the word falling describes one who stumbles or one who loses his footing and trips. Well, sometimes along life, people lose their footing and they trip. But this verse says he'll keep you from tripping. He'll keep you from losing your footing. He'll keep you from stumbling. And he will present you. The word present, the Greek word stainai means to present, to set, or to stand you right before his presence, faultless. The word faultless, the Greek word amomas. The word momas describes an object that is stained, it's ruined, it is disgraced. Wait a minute. But when you put an A in front when of it. When you put an A in front of it, it, it becomes amomas, which cancels it, which means it doesn't matter how disgraced you have been. It doesn't matter how much ruin you've brought to your life. It doesn't matter how much you've messed things up. He is able with his power to present you unblemished, unblotted, free of all defects, blameless, or completely faultless. That's amazing, which means we're all to be objects of grace. Before his presence, the Greek word means directly before one's face, with one within one's eyesight, it means before the very presence of the glory of God. That's why the word glory is added, the Greek word doxa, the resplendent, weighty glory of God. And he will present you there with exceeding joy. Oh, this is awesome. Exceeding joy is a very rare word which describes one that is ecstatic, wildly joyful, and excited. Knowing the miracle of cleansing that has occurred to remove all defects, God is ecstatic. He is wildly joyful about the final product that His grace has produced in our lives. And verse 24, the RIV is like this. To Him who is fully able to guard and protect you, who is on full alert at all times to keep you from stumbling, and who's committed to present you before His own resplendent glory, he will be in a state of sheer ecstasy and joy when he presents you cleansed of all past defects and now blameless, blemish-free, faultless, and irreproachable, which means nobody is more excited about this than Jesus himself. It's his blood that did this work. He is just in a state of sheer joy about presenting you so blameless. And then verse 25, the last verse of the book of Jude, says to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Well, notice it says to the only God, only, the Greek word monos, solely, only. It means there's no other God but our God. The King James Version says wise God. The word wise does not appear in the Greek. I don't know why they put it here. The Greek simply says to the only God, and then he calls him our Savior. A translation of the word soter. The word soter from the word sozo depicts deliverance, healing, preservation, salvation. But when it becomes soter, it is a deliverer, a healer, a preserver, a protector, or a savior to the only God our Savior be glory. The word glory, again, the word doxa, resplendent, weighty, weighty, amazing glory and majesty. The word majesty means greatness or preeminence above all others, be dominion. 
The word dominion is an eruptive power or force that is impossible to restrain or to stand against and power. The word power, the Greek word exousia, it depicts the highest authority of every known and unknown realm. It's amazing. Before all time, now and forever. The word before means before in terms of known time or known human record, all time. The Greek literally says of all the ages, both now, the Greek word noon means right now in the present moment. And the Greek says unto ever, unto the Greek word idus, ice. It carries the idea of progression, something that's going to continue and continue and continue. How long? Forever. The Greek says all ages to come. And then he ends with the word amen, which means let it be. But the word amen is a word that intentionally is used as an emphasis marker to emphasize and underscore a statement of great importance. All right, here's the translation, the RIV, the interpretation of verse 25. To the one and only God, here's who he is. To the one and only God, our deliverer, healer, preserver, protector, and savior. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to him be resplendent glory, majesty that excels all others, irresistible power, and the highest authority that ever existed before all previous ages, even right now to this very moment, and that extends into the vast expanse of the ages to come. And to stress what I've communicated to you, I'm finishing with an amen, so you'll really understand the importance of what I've written to you. That's amazing. I'll say it like this. If you're walking with the Lord and intend to walk with Him, even if you stumble, He's the great keeper. Mm -hmm. He's the great keeper. Entrust your ways to Him. He is the great keeper. He is able to keep you from tripping, losing your footing, losing your step. It's amazing, Joel. It really is. And that is the book of Jude. 25 the, verses. 25 verses. Most people just skip pretty, right over it. Pretty expanded. But I'm going to tell you, the book of Jude is powerful. It is really powerful. And we've been sharing with you from the RIV. But hey, we've come to the end of the week and we have finished the book of Jude. Congratulations. Thank you, Mr. Runner. I'm I, sorry your mother has not been here, but she's where she needs to be. She would have loved this. Yes, she would. I have a question for you. Have you ever taught the book of Jude before? Never. It, not until on TV right now. And what was new for you? The whole thing. And actually what spurred me to do it was I heard Terry Pearson's, Pastor Terry Pearson's, teach the book of Jude several years ago in their Sunday morning Bible school at Eagle Mountain Church. When I'm done with church on Sunday, I come home and I go to church again. I go to Eagle Mountain Church at Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And they... Online. The, online. And they have a Bible class before the service begins. And Terry taught the whole book of Jude. I was just riveted by her teaching. It, I mean, it was the finest thing I'd ever heard on the subject of Jude. And that's why I decided that when I would begin the RIV, I would dive deep into the book of Jude because it is just so marvelous. And Terry, if you're watching, thank you, friend, for feeding me from the book of Jude. It affected me, and now I pray that I'm helping others. Thank you, Joel. Who else do you feed on? Oh, Joel, I go to church every Sunday night. I go to about three different churches every Sunday night. I go to Rama every Sunday night. I'm watching Rama. Every Sunday, it's my Sunday evening, it's your morning. I'm watching Eagle Mountain Church every week, and then I kind of go from place to place. Yesterday I watched Jesse Duplantis. 
enjoyed it so much. Covenant Church. Covenant Church. I watch all kinds of folks because I need to eat too. All right. How about Wednesday night? Well, Wednesday night I'm in bed. <laughs> I don't do Wednesday night. <laughs> but thank you for being with us. This has really been fun. And we're going to be back for Home Group again on Monday. It's going to be really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. But we love you. But let us know how to pray for you. And remember, He is able to keep you from stumbling. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it? Thank you.